And welcome everybody, it's Tuesday and you know exactly what that daggum damn well means. It's time for another rousing rockin' edition of To The Turnbuckle, presented by, as always, Bruiser Nation Productions, right here proudly on Heel Turn Wrestling, right here on Facebook. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Maybe like the Bruce Cruise Podcast? Then I have to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And the best part, it's free. That's right, free. Anchor sports a plethora of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast for you. So your voice and experience can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. One of the coolest parts, you have the option to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm to get started on your podcast today. And there is a lot to get into and a little time to do it. But as always, I'm Logan Logan Andy Morris, and we've got to introduce these cast characters, these band of thieves, these, these, and these fellas. And of course, we have to start with the man that's in the virtual room. He's my favorite clergyman. I'm talking about the man that puts the AEW in awesome. I'm talking about the man that gets more pushes than any shopping cart you could ever think about at any particular store that you choose to shop at. Of course, that means the father of the year, the ma- the producer of commercials, the guy that just makes it all go. Hell, he's he's look, he edits his show and gets it up on Anchor because he just never stops. Mr. McCarthy, how are you? Thank you. Yowza, what a sneeze. Bless you, sir. Thank you. He gave me time to actually turn his mic on. Oh, sure. Forget to turn mic on, my mic on. I see how it is. It's fine. It's fine. I, mean, are you sure? I thought we were friends, Travis. I'm surprised. Be honest. That's fair. It's the blue cup that seems to disappear every time you hold it up to your face. Well, you're you're looking well. You're looking well. You're looking a little gruffy. It's good. You got the little summertime beard going on. Are you ready for double double or nothing this weekend, buddy? Yes, yes, of course I am. Not ready to stay up till midnight, but I can't wait to watch it. I don't care. The, the all-night uh, pay-per-view extravaganzas. Uh, w- speaking of all-night napper, you and I will be all-night Coke 600 in that night. Uh, man. All-night. Uh, but let me officially introduce you. The man that puts the produce in produce. He is the ultimate producer. He is a PRO. You see what I'm saying down there? He's got the hottest wheels in motorsports. He's got the hottest wheels in school and air. He's got the hottest wheels in all of podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, I'm talking about the man that some would say is our own dapper yapper, that some would say is quiet and humble but always ready to rumble. The man that gives divas and women a chance to this day, Lawrence Future Hubby. I'm talking about Travis Narlin Napper. How are you? Ah, <laughs> give Divas a chance. I like that one. Ah, oh, that might that might have to be that might have to stay. I like that one. I'm doing very well. Glad things finally got going. Sorry that we were kind of late. Things did not work out so well. Had to put a lot of things in place. Technology was not my friend today, and I showed up a little bit late. So, well, we're good. We're getting going. Trust me, we can make it work. We got three hours to do it, and I already dropped things. So a, this it. is going to be a great, great show. You stick around and watch. Yes. And now I have to look at this way. It's weird seeing yeah. like my profile on yeah. that screen. Ew. And it's weird. Yes. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon for official to the turnbuckle mug shots. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, 
<laughs> we're we're gonna black and white photo that son of a bitch and just have a whole lot of fun. Mug shots. Uh, we're paying tribute to Buff Bagwell. Um, wow! <laughs> said that. Hey-o! Shots fired already. Uh, said too sweet, brother. Too sweet. All right. There's a lot to get into, but it's some some breaking news from a few hours ago. Adnan Verk and WWE mutually agreed to part ways. That's how they put it in the PR spin. Uh, he was the voice of Monday Night Raw for all of seven episodes. Let's give it up for Adnan. I mean, that's seven more episodes than I've ever done because they wouldn't be stupid enough to hire me. Um, maybe someday. I wouldn't necessarily call it stupid. Well, a little bit on the deranged side, but not stupid. Take a walk on the wild side. Wild thing. I miss the, uh, look, I understand that he's kind of Ricky Vaughn-esque, and I get that's what we're going for, but I like the trucks better. You know, the old flute, get that sucker going. Yeah. I mean, a little pre-1965 music. McCarthy. Screw Adnan. What do you think of the different version of of, of Wild Thing? I like the new version of Wild oh, Thing. I did too. Why like, wouldn't I? I was going to say, when we brought it up, um, I think we finally made it big, boys, because I think somebody finally paid attention to this show because they did exactly what we said they needed to do. They rocked it up a little bit instead of the, uh, the old version. They gave them a little bit more of a rock version of Wild Thing, so... Maybe somebody's paying attention to this show after all. Look, I uh, think a lot of people, a lot more people, pay attention to this show. show uh, than you by think. The, speaking of paying attention, Adam Dell, good, to, good to have you in the comments, you beautiful man. Good to have you in the comments. Yeah, you know. Yep, you know. Because it's weird. It's like we'll talk about something, and then Jr. will talk about the same thing that we had talked about like the following week on his show. It's really weird. And, and God bless the fella, but look, he's probably he probably needs to take some notes from us at, at this particular stage of his career. I'm not going to go that far. That's egregious. I still would like to meet that man. Sure, I would do. I wouldn't tell him <laughs> I said that. In a professional setting. I wouldn't tell him I said that. Look, all I'm saying is we're a little fresher than he is. He's a little long in the tooth, a little ripe, whatever have you, but God bless the goat of, of commentary. So, let's segue back. Speaking of commentary and who's not the GOAT, Adnan Verk, uh, <laughs> he, he got the can uh, quickly. Of course, uh, if you're a traditional sports fan, Adam, I'm talking to you, uh, you would know him from ESP, his usually ESPN, uh, now MLB Network quite regularly. Uh, he did seven illustrious, whoa, episodes of Monday Night Raw and... Well, another one walks the plank, boys. Um, look, thoughts on Adnan Burke uh, kicking the can, uh, Mr. McCarthy? I'm not surprised. He got thrown in the deep waters. and I mean, he's used to calling baseball, and baseball and pro wrestling are like two totally different things. I mean, not that anything is like pro wrestling, but, I mean, maybe he should have started on NXT for a couple weeks. Well, the, they, they they're both to be sports, and so they have that thing. in common. Building a hammer back there. I mean, you're just you're working on a building. Go ahead, McCarthy. Uh, Napper was being rude. Of course he was. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, or maybe not have him try to be the lead on everything. I feel like they threw a lot at him, and 
I don't know if he has an affinity for professional wrestling. I think it might have could have just been a job offer. He might have remembered watching it years ago, but as busy as he always has been, when the hell was he watching wrestling? He had to keep up on baseball. Well, uh, if you're just offering jobs out, Vince, call me, in the words of Lottie. On the line, you can call me. All right, copyright. Um, Mr. Napper, thoughts on Adnan Verk and WWE parting ways after uh, seven episodes of Raw, one pay-per-view. You know, he debuted on the Raw after Mania. Uh, thoughts on his uh, short run, thoughts on this decision, and who do you think uh, becomes the new third man, brother? Uh, well, first and foremost, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I I agree with Jason. I, I did thought the best I could for you. I know. I thought he got put a little bit to the wolves by being put in the lead position of Monday Night Raw. If this was NXT, I don't think it's that bad. Um, because no, to me, if they were going to have Corey Graves on that panel. No one is supposed to be lead position on that panel or on that commentary team besides Corey Graves. If you have those three guys, Corey Graves is your lead commentator, no questions asked. Why they tried to make it work with Corey Graves as the color commentator and Adnan be the – and I get it. He's not a color commentator, and especially in wrestling, I can't expect him to be the color commentator. But if that was your plan all along – Byron Saxton should have been the lead with Adnan being support and Corey being support. Byron should have been the one doing the play-by-play, so to speak, and the lead of that commentary team if you didn't want to have Corey Graves be the lead there. So I think either doing it that way or putting him in NXT where I don't think Wade Barrett or Beth Phoenix, no disrespect, are as much of an overwhelming personality as Corey Graves is. Corey Graves is arguably their best commentator they have besides Michael Cole, Michael Cole, who they love. Um, but I really do. I feel like he was thrown to the wolves. He wasn't necessarily, I don't want to say he wasn't given a fair shot. He was given seven episodes, but at the same time, it seemed like it was doomed to fail from the beginning. It's not like SmackDown where Michael Cole is being supported by Pat McAfee, who, by the way, also has wrestling experience, which is why it works so well. This was never seemed like it was going to work so well because they threw a sports guy, no offense, into a position that has nothing to do with anything he's ever done or worked with. It, it, it doesn't work. It can, but in this case, it did not work. Um, as far as who takes the third spot, no idea. No clue. You said, I, I know you said in the break, or before we got started, Tom Phillips, that's the only sp- I can think of unless they really want to bring Vic Joseph up. And he already called Raw for a few weeks, and it didn't work out. Um, yeah, but they had him with Dio Madden, and I can't even remember who else. It was it was I think was it, it was Joe. I think it was Matt. I think for the first several weeks it was him, Madden, and King. Yeah, remember they brought back King randomly. Yeah, um, because there's so much there. No disrespect to the King. First of all, that's <laughs> that is a. I'm not going to sit here and let you besmirch the good damn name of Jerry the King Lawler. I'm not going to let you besmirch. And we're, we're going to – I know there's allegations there. Don't worry. I know it's not exactly a good name. But come on. Just respect to Jerry the King Lawler. How about you, McCarthy? You respect Jerry the King Lawler? Sure. Why not? Good. 
Absolutely. He was a pretty good wrestler. Speaking I mean, I don't respect, he's just John really Callis. good at being um, egregious, if you will. That just wouldn't be the same. Speaking of people and I don't as, respect, um, Don Callis. You notice how it's official now. He's he's not a he's he's not he's not an impact executive anymore at all. He doesn't have any duties. He's not even like part time or kind of there. He's not he's not even on like the board or just going you know, to make some decisions. He's he he gone. Mister McCarthy. Thoughts on Don Callis and Tony Khan continuing to um, pillage and plunder the assets of Impact Wrestling. I mean, I think I said it pretty good last week. Maybe it was just a happy accident. It's not like Tony Khan went out to cause not Don Callis to want to work for him. It just so happened that maybe they see more money with them working together than him staying with Impact. And sometimes that's all this is, a business decision. Hmm. Hey, we can go ahead I'm going to send that basketball to you in the mail. Can you spin it as well as you spin this? I don't know. I'd have to give it a try. I don't, uh, I don't think I'm spinning anything. So I bet I could be- spin a basketball better. I've seen him around the store. Mr. Oh, gee, thanks. Mr. Napper, what do you think of the pillage and plunder fest uh, from Don Callis, Kenny Omega, and company? Hi-ho! I don't I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. I'm disappointed. I'm gonna mute McCarthy so he can't yell at me for a moment. We were right. I know. And he's not gonna admit it. I, I I'm not shocked. I, I that's the best I can say. I'm not shocked. Good for him. On to possibly bigger and better things. Even though he was an executive of a company, even though that company seems like it's slowly dying little by little. We've been saying that for a long time. It's kind of the cockroach. (laughs) It really is. Hopefully it lasts quite a bit longer past when we've said it's supposed to die. Um, I think think this is egregious. I'm going to use McCarthy's word. I think it's egregious. You've been putting all your time and effort into impact, and then... Just because this AEW deal comes along, you move on from that. I was really hoping that he would stick around because, to me, that means this deal with Impact means nothing to him. Because now it's all about Kenny. It's all about AEW. It has nothing to do with Impact anymore. He could care less about Impact, from my opinion. And it sucks because it continues to share the narrative they don't give a damn about Impact and just decided to take their title belt. And, again, we've said it time and time again. That's not AEW's fault that Impact decided to let them have yeah, the title belt. That's on Scott that's on, that's on Scott Demore. That's on Impact. But at the same time, the fact that he's willing to just up and leave Impact and move to AEW, to me, it, it's selfish. And at the same time, it's just a little bit disgusting because you could have been the middleman here. And now it's like, nope, completely go to AEW. What are we going to do now? Because, again, we're not seeing any Impact stars on AEW television, and I'm pretty sure now that Don Callis is no longer involved that you're definitely not going to see them now. Mm -hmm. 
any hope that Impact had to have any sort of shot in this whole deal just went out the window. Yeah, it's the pillage and plundering of Impact Wrestling. If you thought that Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff raked him over the coals, uh, Kenny Omega has got nothing. Uh, you know, look, uh, you know, we thought we thought that Hogan and Bischoff were the greatest politicians of all time. I'm here to tell you, the Omega Callus Brigade is right up there with them. They should put out some 2024 shirts because they could absolutely just screw a company over. Good Lord, you talk about an absolute assault of integrity of a wrestling program. They are doing that week in, week out. I watched uh, I watched AEW this week. I sat through uh, WWE Lite. And, and, and did you see the Impact Championship anywhere on their much bigger platform? No, but you know what I did see? The NWA Women's Championship. Not only on the show... But was defended. Imagine that. Defended. We saw the belt. Aubrey Edwards showing it off. Yeah. She had the nice orange eyeshadow with it. I thought it really popped. I, I, I thought it really popped. I, I mean, agree. you guys are talking like this is the first time the NWA Women's Championship has been defended on a dime. That's the problem. That's it's not. But hold, it's like the fiftieth time it's been on the show. But again, where's the Impact Championship? Not even on the flipping show. Was Kenny on the show? Yes, he, he actually a- was. Was it around his waist? No. Mm-hmm. Was it over his shoulder? No. Did he have the AEW World Championship? Sure. But he didn't have any of the other championships that were in his possession as the belt collector. I cannot believe that 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 Scott Demore and Conan, for that matter, from AAA, need to take negotiation lessons from the lead singer Smashing Pumpkins. Yep, Kenny Omega is a vampire. People sent to drain. Okay, sent to drain. See what I did there? See what I did there? Now that's egregious. Yeah, well, that's damn Blame good. Kenny what it Omega is. for everything. That's He's damn good. Is what it is. Decisions. All right. Speaking of egregious and, individuals, and, and did you think that maybe this was Scott Demore's idea? Maybe well, there was so, becoming a conflict. Check in oh, for maybe there was becoming a conflict of interest. And he's like, look, if you're going to do so much of this for them, why don't you just go work for them? We don't know. That could have happened. If this was Scott Demore's idea, somebody get his head examined. He might have dementia, CTE. I'm not kidding because this is one stupid idea. I said that. They have a board, right? I would assume. I don't, I don't. Look, none of us really know what impact has or doesn't have. Because uh, if they do, he needs voted out immediately. Well, he just needs to come to a sense. I like Scott Demore. I don't think he has any at this point. I like Scott Demore. I'm a Scott Demore guy. I, I like Scott a lot. I'd love to have Scott on this show. But can't you see, in the words of the Marshall Tucker Band, can't you see what Kenny Omega and his band of misfits is doing to you? Uh, just... Uh, oh, man. Okay. Well, let's move on to... We'll, we'll get to AEW because I thought it was a pretty awful episode. Um, by the way, here's a preview, uh, Mr. McCarthy. That may have been the worst promo that Jericho has cut in his AEW history. God, it was awful. God, it was awful. Anyway, we'll get to that. Let's talk about awful. Velveteen Dream. He got uh, cut... Released, let go, finally, uh, for better or worse. I know some have been 
anxiously awaiting with bated breath, sort of like someone going to the chair. Um, you know, people get out there and they camp and all that garbage. Um, uh, I know people have been waiting on this a long time. Uh, reportedly wasn't due to the allegations made against him. It was reportedly due to some behavioral issues that had come up the last few months. Can't hardly blame the guy. Where the hell's he been? Um, hasn't worked a match this year on TV. I think his last match was December 23rd against Adam Cole. Uh, um, he released a statement, uh, a lengthy one, uh, denying the allegations leveled against him as far as the heavy, you know, sanctions. And I gotta tell you, this is going to be controversial, folks. I'm inclined to believe him. His explanation made a lot of sense. I don't know the facts. I don't know that's the truth. But his explanation, it seemed like we took a lot of circumstantial evidence, and he said, well, here's the circumstances. And I, I, and I thought he admitted to a level of fault that was necessary, but this idea that, that he was some sort of predator got kind of blown out of proportion. Um, he explained it, I thought, very well. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is the predator that he has been accused of being, and if so, if that ever truly comes to light, I'll be the first to pronounce it. But, Mr. Knapper, thoughts on his release, thoughts on his statement, where do you stand? Well, usually I try to not pick one side or the other in these kinds of situations, especially since we still, I wouldn't say necessarily know the full entire truth. Sure, but but I will say we're this. trying to get viewers here. No, I, I get you. I get you. And in this particular case, I'm going to say, and in all seriousness, all seriousness, I am going to say that I, I agree with you. I agree that I think that he is on the more innocent side of this because of what you just said. Um, I read the the statement same as you. And uh, I'll say one of th- one of he's one of two things. He's either really good at BSing a lot of people by giving a lot of detail, or he's telling the truth because, like you said, it was a lengthy statement with a lot of details. So either he's really good at fabricating a story, or he's telling the truth detail by detail because there were a lot of details in his statement. And I have a hard time believing a guy that can recount that much because he gave a lot. I have a hard time believing the guy that can recount that much and be lying through the entire thing. Um, and I got to say, if that is the case, kind of makes WWE look bad because we said that he's fully in belief that the allegations steamrolled his departure. And if that is the case, and they for months said that that wasn't the case and said, oh, it's because of the car crash and... It's this and that. I believe part of it is behavioral issues. I, I, I fully believe that probably has something to do with it because at the end of the day, I would believe that he does have some behavioral issues because he probably became a little bit too much of the character. But at the same time, you can't deny that it probably was a lot of the allegations. They're not new to doing this. Mm-hmm. Enzo Amori, you know, albeit I still think he kind of got what he deserved because the guy's a little bit of an ass. He was unfairly fired because of his allegations that were against him. Certified G, and you can't teach that. No, you can't. Um, So I I do. I'm inclined to believe him. I'm very curious to see what comes of this. He didn't have to give the denial of the allegations. He even said that in his statement that he didn't have to do this. But because of the media and because of the way this has been covered so much, he felt it necessary to give his side of the story. He's 
fully well within his right to do that. Um, but I'm very curious what over the next couple of weeks this is going to lead to, if it leads to anything, because he very well may have got ousted for nothing. It, it, is, it is at least on the table impossible. Uh, we want to know what you think, Buckle Brigade. We'd like to know. What do you think about Velveteen Dream getting getting cut, getting released, his statement uh, on his allegations? What do you think of Don Callis being out of impact? Are Napper and I correct that that that, that this has been a, an absolute pillage and plunder of impact wrestling? Or is this just is this just some circumstances that unfortunately kind of got out of hand for Scott DeMore and it didn't go well and uh, no ill intent? Uh, let us know what your thoughts are, please, in the comments below. We'd, we would appreciate that. Speaking of comments, we've had him quiet for a little while. Had to have him simmer down. I talked bad about Chris Jericho. I didn't want him to have a tantrum. Um, what are your thoughts, my friend, on Velveteen Dream getting released? And what are your thoughts on his statement, if you read it, uh, denying his allegations? So I'm not, He hasn't been used in months, so I'm not really surprised. And it, it probably does have something to do with the allegations and behavioral issues, as you guys said. And you know what? It's... Heart, uh, how do I say this? Um, they're independent contractors. Even though they sign a contract, they can pretty much be let go for anything. So it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. But he joins the list of the group of people that have been released for better or worse in the past year, two months. I think because of the allegations, he's taking it as that. That's how he feels. And he's allowed to feel that way. But at the end of the day, if they're still cutting costs, they cut office jobs today. And I know it sounds like I'm okaying the release of someone for once, but it's gotten to the point where budget cuts here, budget cuts there. They've been releasing people for three weeks. So I don't know how much that made his that decision for them, the allegations against him or not. That is that. Look, uh, it's not often that I give you any, any credence of points here. That is a, that is a fair point. It could just be a case of they've been on a they've been on a bit of a releasing spree here in the last you know say post WrestleMania, and maybe it was just a case of look if we don't have anything for him creatively, it might have been you know when the releases started, it might have been all right guys, you got a few weeks to figure out something for Velveteen. If you can't figure it out, we got to cut him loose. Um, and maybe they never did. You know, we we it is true. We don't know what what went on backstage. We don't know what may have come up in NXT creative meetings. Maybe it was a case of look, uh, either we got to do something with this guy, or we need to cut him loose. So you're going to do something with him or not? You know, maybe maybe he had lost that many friends in the in the locker room and on the creative team that they were like, I got nothing for him. I don't know. I don't know, but I do hope this. Assuming these allegations are not true, and again, that's I'm just going. I'm inclined to feel that way after the statement. That is not me saying I know the facts. I do not. I'm just saying how I'm inclined to feel. Assuming they are not true, I hope to see Patrick Clark Velveteen Dream somewhere in the relatively near future, uh, because he could bring a lot, a lot of. I think AEW is getting a little crowded. Granted, they're about to, uh, and and it's going to be our next topic. They're about to uh, embark on another. Uh, journey, uh, but you, I think they're getting a little crowded. Boy, he could he do wonders at Impact? Could he do wonders at Ring of Honor? Could he give that kind of? Co- could he do wonders at MLW? Could he give those kind of companies some, for better and worse, some serious rain, name recognition? Because he's a, kind of the last of a dying breed in terms of 
really getting kind of lost in the character, and that's both good and bad. We've seen the, you know, we've seen the bad side, uh, pardon the pun, the dark side of the ring when you get a little too lost in the character, and it's hard to outrun yourself. Uh, we just saw the Brian Pillman episode on Dark Side of the Ring a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, and of course we, we talk all the time and luckily he has somehow managed to outrun himself, but barely, you know, Ric Flair and, and Hogan. And so he is the last of dying breed and that's probably a great thing in many ways, but it is, it is, there's still value in, man, what's, is he kayfabing? You know, that's why, you know, we have such great value for Bray Wyatt. That's why we respected the undertaker for so long in terms of his keep of kayfabe. That's that's why we all are fascinated by Brock Lesnar because when he shows up, you don't know, <laughs> and and so there is value in that. So I hope to see Patrick Clark end up somewhere again, assuming these allegations are not true. If they are true, then may you never be seen or heard from in a public format again. Uh, all right, now now there's there's big news to get to. I have I have made McCarthy wait with bated breath. Uh, AEW will be moving to TBS. That's right, the Superstation, old school. Hell, they ought to start those shows at 6.05. Uh, beginning January of 22, there will be a, a new show called AEW Rampage. It's the second show that we've been promised, a one-hour show on Fridays at 10 p.m., beginning on August 13th. That, uh, that will be uh, moving over as well. And there will be four, count them, four quarterly specials on TNT each year. So think of Clash of the Champions, old school, brother, old school. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, I I always hail you as the man that puts the AEW in awesome. And you're the man that puts the SPIN into spin. So, <laughs> what do you think of AEW going to TBS January 22, and and quarterly specials, and perhaps some of the biggest news, we finally get that secondary primetime show, one hour Friday nights, 10 p.m., August 13th. You have the floor, good sir. So I, th- I think it's a good thing for everybody. I don't know what to expect from Rampage as far as what type of wrestling show that's going to be because it should probably differentiate itself a little bit from Dynamite. Uh, I think... It's a win-win, though, for everybody. Like, it's weird that they're getting changed to another channel in the middle of a contract. But Turner Media could be looking at it like, huh, these ratings are pretty good. You know what could use a boost in ratings? TBS. It also gives Tony Khan and AEW the ability to not get their schedule pushed around like this week. Because... Ratings do tell the story. It's AEW will never get preferential tre- treatment over basketball, just like WWE won't get preferential treatment from football and so forth. And the same for AEW. Those sports do bring higher eyes to the television. So this way, they're not getting bumped around throughout the playoffs anymore. You get an act- extra hour of TV, you get those four specials on TNT. And Turner gets to boost the ratings of TBS all at once. And then you can talk about throwing advertisements in. Pay Fox. Here, I want to advertise at between 8 and 10 o'clock on Fridays on your channel. So you get the eyes leaving SmackDown to come to you. 
and you don't have to skip SmackDown to watch it. It's, it's genius. Mr. Napper. <laughs> that is egregious. Egregious. No, but he is right. Um, it, it, you said that out loud. I did. I don't usually tell him that, and especially when we're at work and around each other. Um, but I do think he's right. It, it, it's it's not a terrible thing for them. It is probably going to be a little bit of a dip in in ratings. Um, you are going to bring ratings to TBS, which for Turner is great because TNT has already plenty of viewership. TBS, not so much. Um, they get viewership usually around March Madness. They usually get ratings around the playoffs and stuff like that. But other than that, they don't really get a lot of great ratings. You got um, Impractical Jokers. That, that's really about it. That's kind of their bread and butter right now, unless there's something else I'm forgetting. Not like bread and butter. <laughs> so it'll be good for TBS because TNT doesn't really need the ratings boost and TBS does, and I don't think it really is going to hurt AEW that much to be moved to a new station. Um, one that majority-wise people still get, even with cable or streaming services, you know, whatever they, you know, Hulu TVs, um, YouTube TV and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure which ones do get it and which ones don't, but I'd be very curious to say that probably majority of them do. So it's not that big of a jump for them. It is just kind of weird that after two years they're being made to make the jump. But McCarthy is right. You know, they don't have to fight off the sports because those are going to come first. More so basketball than hockey. I'm really kind of surprised that hockey forced their hand because, no offense, hockey's not really that. I love hockey, but it's not broadcasted in a national light like basketball, like football, sometimes like soccer. It's just, it, it, by ESPN, it's been ignored for a decade. So it's kind of weird that, t- that hockey was the one that kind of pushed the needle for them to make this move. But at the same time, when you have two major sport leagues come to your channel, you're probably going to push one of your TV shows off to the side. Um, yeah, I, I feel you on that. A uh, few comments to get to. Uh, Steven Alexander Howard says, what's up, guys? What's up, Steven? He said, you know the shows like Bar Re- Rescue and Catching Nightmares? If there was a show where Jim Cornette went around and addressed and attempted to improve local wrestling promotions, would you guys watch it? You mean when Jim Cornette goes or would go around to outlaw mud shows and and you know what? Shut up and take my money, Steven. Yes, I would. I would like, subscribe, share, post, tweet, text, buy everything on that. Mr. McCarthy, I know that you are a proud member of the Cult of Cornette. And so, would you watch old Jim Cornette go around and help the locals? Dude, yes, of course I would. Like, that's, that's, like, t- take how I generally feel about that, man. But, th- dude, that, Steven's onto something, man. That is money. It's like Gordon Ramsay fixing restaurants, but in pro wrestling. And Jim Cornette does have a vast amount of knowledge to impart to these younger promotions. 
So I would watch it for sure. That should be Vice TV's next show. I hope they're watching this because that's a good idea. Yes, it should. Yes, it should. Um, you know, I, I just just it would be, you know, come to Corny's and he'll help you out. <laughs> that's the name. Come to Corny's. Corny's. And he'll help you out. <laughs> Steven, you are onto something. <laughs> That's and he should brilliant. Get, and he should get paid in cheeseburgers. Extra mayo, mother. <laughs> and can you see you now working on a Wendy's triple with extra cheese? And then somebody messes up an he obvious. He would only make it a season, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> Which, I mean, it's good. Like, two episodes tops. Yeah, uh, right. Like, can, can you imagine if he was working on a Wendy's triple with extra cheese and then somebody takes, like, a flat back bumper on? And he just loses it. Just throws the just, throws the cheeseburger in the ring. Just extra mayo, mother. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah, that would be that would be perfect. That'd be perfect. So good. Oh, uh, yes, and it should be it should be presented by the new law offices of Stephen P. New. No doubt about it, Stephen. You are correct, sir. Yes. Stephen Penu, Stephen Penu, Stephen Penu. Oh yes, we, we. I would watch all of that. I think it would be the highest rated program if they could somehow get past the censors. And I mean, South Park's been on like twenty five years or thirty or whatever. Uh, Simpsons too. It, so if they could somehow get past the, uh, you know, censors. Yes, this thing's the hottest thing in TV ever saw. Move over, Judge Judy, because here comes Corny. And you could if see- they subtitle it, is that wrong? Is that against the FCC? I mean, frankly, it should. You, I mean, you're gonna bleep it, obviously. Frankly, frankly, it shouldn't be. There's a deaf community to think about right. out there. There's right. uh, there's a deaf community to think about out there. <laughs> and damn it, they need TV too. Because I figure you're gonna bleep it. If you bleep it, there's no audio. Mother. Yeah, so, I mean, is, is subtitles <laughs> crossing the line? Like, is that too far? And, like, can you imagine in this season and probably series finale, Cornette and Kenny Omega come out of eye? Yep. One better. Kenny Omega. Uh, Cornette. Vince Russo. Oh, yeah. And Eric Bischoff. Oh. Eric Bischoff. Uh, Corny. One tag team, Kenny Omega, Vince Russo is the other tag team. The look, score to settle them all. Look, they, they have, Corny has made clear he's not going to be within a hundred like miles of wherever Vince Russo is, or else he'll kill him. Uh, that's the truth. That's a great season finale. Uh, uh, Steven says maybe we get Rick Rubin to invest. You're right. Rick Rubin can do a lot of things. I mean, he got great recordings out of a dying Johnny Cash. He's got he's 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 done. Fantastic things. So look, why not? You know, so he invested in Smoky Mountain. I hear you, brother. I hear you, Stephen. Keep up the comments, my guy. We'll answer all your Jim Cornette questions and needs, along with your uh, everyday wrestling needs. Uh, don't don't we all need a little bit more Cornette in our life, McCarthy? I mean, I guess so. Yeah. If if I that's what so. it is, then yes. Uh, Stephen said, "God, dude, I think you guys are right. It's just money waiting to happen." We're not right, Steven. You came up with the idea. So if you don't get at least like 30% of those profits, because the other 70 is going to Jim's stomach, um, then then 
you know, it's just it's just egregiously wrong. It's just egregiously wrong. And we're not even being a bit facetious about that, to be quite frank with you. All right, TBS, let me get my thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, Stephen, keep the comments coming, brother. We do appreciate it. We will get to all of them as we can. Uh, and God bless you, brother. Hope you are well. Anywho, TBS, here's my concern. Here's my concern. TBS from 8 to 10, which is what I assume it to be Wednesday nights, is a little bit more family-friendly than TNT. They don't start getting a little crazy until American Dad comes on at like 10.30 or whatever. You know, so I'm worried that it might be a little watered down compared to the usual, um, you know, TV 14 product we're watching. I mean, you might have to start blurring out the middle fingers when the inner circle gets together. Um, because TBS is a little bit more family-friendly in those primetime hours. Would you agree with that? I would. Mr. McCarthy, would you agree with that? I mean, yeah, sure. But that doesn't mean it's going to change anything about the product. It's not. I mean, I mean it's still 8 to 10. Technically, they don't have to get, change anything. But they aired at like 10. It's that 8 to 10 slot I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah, if this was 10 to 12 well, yeah, or 10 but to 11, I it's hear you. The, it's going to be on the FCC more often than that. I mean, they don't Look, care. Yeah, if it wasn't same for the time, FCC, I'd give you the time finger slot, right here. Like, and if what they've been putting in there between 8 and 10 is going to be improved by putting a little more risque wrestling on, then snag the ratings. Yes, ratings are everything. That's that's what we found out with the Brian Pillman Dark Shed the Ring episode. Oh, wait, not the topic. Um, not the topic. Uh, and I was taking a shot at Vince there, uh, having Melanie on Brawl that same day. Uh, like, oh, uh, Stephen says, love you guys. We love you too, Stephen. We love you too. Uh, we'll get you on the Christmas card list here real soon. We'll, we'll get him. We'll get it sent out. Um, he's got Am a I on the Christmas card list. Yeah, Are you sure. Uh, and if you're Jewish, uh, McCarthy will will pose naked with a dreidel. Um, uh, <laughs> look, right, McCarthy. Look, 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 look. The money has to be right, and it can be anybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll celebrate Kwanzaa too, and. There you are with a sock. Um, uh, <laughs> anywho. Anywho, I do. I just wonder if it might might water down the product a little bit. But nonetheless, good deal for AEW and Tony Khan. They offered him a third hour of Dynamite on TNT. If he, if he wasn't so inclined to take this deal, thank God he did take that deal. I don't want any more three-hour wrestling shows. I can barely handle the one I have. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a good deal overall. I do worry that it's going to water down the product a bit uh, just because. No, all right, tell me why I'm wrong. No, I'm just going to say if if that is the case, does it really hurt them that much? Because they still have so many other. This is where I kind of get into a little bit of muddy territory with AEW. Are they stretching themselves too thin? Because now they've got four potential programs in two years. Well, nobody cares about the other. Let's be honest. True. But maybe that, in the same breath, maybe that is how you get them more involved into those other programs because let's say they do have to water down AEW Dynamite. Now you have the ability to take Dark and Elevation, which are on YouTube, and make them a little bit more grittier. Now, obviously, with YouTube, you got to be a little bit careful there, too, because they've been on quite a rampage, it seems, as of late with, you know, trying to clean up a lot of their programming. But... Oh, man. 
But maybe that's the route they go. They still have ways to get their edginess across without it being too ridiculously watered down. That's fair. But in the words of of Jim Cornette, I'm hoping this means that Paul White's going to come out of the Witness Federal Protection Program. You know, there's going to be a second show. Let's, Let's get some more people here. We got... Think about it. I called Sting the biggest waste of money in AEW thus far last week. Sure, I did. I did, I did say it. Uh, me. But I was wrong. I think Paul White is. Uh, you know, after some... Look, look, I can be wrong. I just don't... At least they're getting commentary out of him. On YouTube. Where... Uh, McCarthy, you're their biggest fan, Stan. Do you watch the YouTube programs regularly? Not regularly. <laughs> I'm always doing stuff. <laughs> They're Thank good you. when I've watched it. Thank you. So at least we see Sting on TV and, and all snowy and selling T-shirts and selling leg injuries. We don't... We have suddenly... We got to stick Paul White on a milk carton because that seven-foot big son of a... Has gone missing. Now he will be a dollar nothing to commentate the casino battle royale. Oh yay! Oh yay! Yeah, isn't he an active wrestler? When the hell is he getting in the ring? Oh, by the way, AEW also pretty much admitted that cinematic matches are crap because they advertise this is Sting's real return to the ring. Anyone notice that? Yeah, he'll be like alive in the Exactly. It's not nearly the same thing. In let's, the Thunderdome. <laughs> let's stop let's stop doing cinematic matches because AEW is literally capitalizing or they're prostituting something else. They're literally capitalizing on the fact that it's not nearly the same thing. It's not in the same vicinity in AEW. Tony Khan man just admitted it live on the air. Oh, that'd put butts in the seats. Anywho, anywho, I think it's a good deal for AEW. I really do. I'm interested to see how it changes the product, if at all. If it, hopefully not. Uh, well, I mean, for the better. This was an atrocious episode of AEW. We'll talk about it a bit. This sucked. Um, it was as bad as Raw. It truly was. It was. It, it truly was. It was. It was one of the worst programs they've ever put out. <laughs> Check. T- <laughs> I thought. I thought Vince got that pen too. Um, because when you can make Chris Jericho sound like a bumbling fool, you're a magician. <clears throat> anywho, anywho, we'll get to all that. Let's talk SmackDown real quick, shall we? Let's talk SmackDown real quick. Let me pull up my rundown because we, we were too lazy to go get a. Uh, I was too lazy to go get a printed copy because I'm fat. Um, if I'm being quite frank with you, Loganites, I'm a fat fella. I'm a fat fat man. Apollo Crews defeated Kevin Owens, Big E, and Sami Zayn in the Intercontinental Championship match, Fatal 4-Way. Thought this was a pretty damn good main event right here. All things considered. What do you think, Mr. Napper? I did. I thought it was great as well. Um, and it, it works because right now it keeps a lot of guys that are kind of in the spotlight going and having something to do. We still don't know really what we're doing with Big E for the moment. I kind of hoped after the whole Intercontinental title thing. You ought to be putting him to the Universal Championship with Roman Reigns. I thought That's that I'm was, ready to acknowledge. I thought that was going to happen too. I I will say I'm fine with Cesaro for the moment. 
Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it already. <laughs> but I, I'm kind of wondering when they are going to make that push to put him in there because right now he's the only one besides Seth Rollins, I guess, that I think is really going to be in that spot with uh, Roman Reigns. But it keeps Sami Zayn busy. It keeps Apollo Crews busy. I love what they're doing with Apollo Crews. I've never been more invested in his character than I am with the way he is right now. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good look for him. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good match across the board. And we'll see where it goes from here. But the question for me now is, who do you have be the challenger out of this? And also, we saw Aleister Black return in this match. Yes, we did. Are we really going to take Big E and put him off to the side on the sidelines with Aleister Black for a month or two? You know who ought to be the Dark Father? You know who's Tales of the Dark Father, right? Yeah. The Undertaker. Oh, okay, and, and hear, hear me out. Fair. Hear me out. Okay. I got a theory. Boys, I've got a theory. Okay, Starnaker. Hold on. I know, right? I'll be quiet. Um, uh, anywho, you, you wonder how you connect it all together? This is not going to happen, but here's how it should happen. At least I can acknowledge that. Okay. You know how you can put it all together and make it make sense? At Elimination Chamber last year, last year, remember? Who, 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 who did the Undertaker save when he attacked AJ Styles? I, f I forget. That would be Aleister Black. Remember? Oh, yeah. He popped yeah, in there yeah, out of nowhere, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'll yeah. be doggone. Yes. And, and obviously, the Undertaker is long past his prime. And obviously, there's a lot of belief that he's done. I don't necessarily buy that, but that we've had that discussion enough. We'll, we'll, I will concede it when he misses two manias and two Saudi events. I I just think that you could totally get, number one, you could still get some juice out of The Undertaker, and you could have the passing of the torch that everyone has ever talked about having without him having to go in there and get his ass kicked one more time. I just think that would be perfect because who has told more dark tales in the last 30 years than The Undertaker? But I know that's a good idea, and Vince doesn't have many of those anymore. I just think that would you, would you would you not enjoy that? The Undertaker on TV doesn't have to get physical, but again, he saved him last year. Mr. McCarthy, wouldn't that be a great idea? I think it goes together too well. That's why you're right. They won't do it, but it's a great idea. Why? And I mean, why not? I mean, if Undertaker's willing to make the travel, especially with the next few weeks starting in Texas in July, you know, live crowds are back. I think it would, and it would make a good way to make sure that Alistair Black doesn't get lost in the shuffle again. Cause this could be like an epic feud between Alistair Black and Big E if it's given the attention and time it deserves could propel both of them no matter who wins or loses the feud into the main event title scene from this point on you know who i wish it could be but it can't go ahead it's dead oh yes that would be fantastic oh it'd be so cool if it could be paul bear well i mean that'd be awesome i mean why, why not just put that hologram under to real good use make it happen uh, that yeah. would be cool, but eerie, like just eerie. Isn't that the point? We already got I, dolls. Yeah, I get it, but like, that's a little too far. <laughs> no, <laughs> bird to a hand is too far. 
Look, I know it won't happen. I'm just saying it would just be great. It puts Alistair over. It gives us all our Undertaker fix, and he doesn't have to get his ass kicked anymore. And we all don't have to worry about his health. Um, I just think it would be fantastic. Think about it. Call me Vince. I'll, I'll come work for your creative team as long as you fire Bruce. Um, so that's that's who I think ought to be the dark father. But you're right. Uh, great to see Alistair Black back no, no, no matter what. Great continuity because he lost his eye. And unfortunately, uh, unlike Rey Mysterio, he wasn't able to magically recover from those steel steps. Seth Rollins, you damn bandit. Now this guy's a face. Uh, and <laughs> and just uh, Mr. McCarthy, thoughts on the Intercontinental Championship match and thoughts on Aleister Black's return. I'd, finally, he's on TV. So we'll just get that out first and foremost. Finally, after all this time, Aleister Black is on TV. And it's, I mean, it was a good fatal four way. I think it told the story it needed to. I think the rest of the summer is Kevin Owens, Apollo Crews, and Sami Zayn feuding for that title, because I do think that it needs to be Alistair Black and Big E in a high profile non-title feud before one of them challenges for the championship against Roman Reigns, and then the next time the other one. It doesn't matter as long as. The feud goes well. Why not keep pushing them both? This should lead to title shots for both of them. Should, 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 because we both know they can go, but they don't always follow the path of least resistance, you may say, when they book this stuff. Hopefully, this will be an exception to that rule because B- Big E's ready. They, and just because he gets a title shot doesn't mean he has to win it because he can still have that big win at Royal Rumble and then at WrestleMania if that's the path they choose to go, regardless of whether he has a title shot in August, September, November. As long as he loses, you can still tell that coming over obstacles story that they like to tell with baby faces. Certainly they could and certainly they should, but again, as we pointed out, those are good ideas, and those are tough to come by these days on the weekly WWE product. But, like Journey, we don't stop believing anything is possible. We sure have hope. Do we not, Mr. Never? Do we not? We do. Just saying. All right. Uh, oh, Friday Night SmackDown opened up with a parade of champions. Because if you haven't heard the news... Da, 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 Ed Ferrar. No. Uh, uh, Friday Night's about down. Open up with a Prayer Champions. Because if you haven't heard the news, if you've, been, if you've been living with Patrick Starr, WWE is going My back name's on- not Rick. Is <laughs> this the Krusty Krab? Is <laughs> this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. <laughs> No, this is Patrick. All right. McCarthy, what's your favorite SpongeBob quote? (laughs) Don't have one? You don't? No. That's egregious. That's egregious? Yes, it is. SpongeBob is an icon and a national treasure. So, yes, it's egregious. You remember when he went down to South High Street and they all started going... Yeah, Yo, y'all have been down to South High Street. 
I get that all the time. I, I bait with P and C. Hey. Shows off the rails. Uh, what else is new? After last week's se- very serious episode in many ways. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, New Jack passed away, and, yeah. and there were some mental health rumors about Bray Wyatt. We we got to have fun here. Did you see his tweet? Yeah, I do. I do miss him. I, I, I do miss him. But uh, July 16th, we're going back on the road. Great. Everybody's all hyped. Woo! Where's my Columbus date? Somebody refund me for wrong. You didn't get refunded? I did. I, I was going to say. Didn't fit my narrative. Oh. Um, it's my thing. Fair. Uh, and so, but you didn't hear me sitting on the air. I didn't get a refund. I'll take another. Uh, stimulus checks. Oh, I just happened to mute your mic just as you said that. Uh, crazy. Wild. Who? <laughs> um, so, they're going back on the road. And uh, a man is rumored to be in talks to come back for that particular, at least the first show, if not a, a little while. <laughs> yep, the quiet of the night, the bad signal might be sent out. One John Cena, who I'm telling you, you haven't seen him a whole lot lately, but it's very, very possible. I hear it's even likely, according to Uncle D. Or have we? I, well, I mean... That's why I'm drinking this Mountain Dew. <laughs> Super Bowl commercial, uh, Fast Nine. Uh, he's he currently he called Taiwan a country and had to apologize in, in Chinese or something. Uh, it's, it was weird. Uh, I got I got somebody all fired up. I don't care. John Cena could literally pee on my face and I'm like, it's raining. Uh, it, so, I mean, think about it. If John Cena peed on your face. The I don't want to think about that. <laughs> the privilege. <laughs> I really don't. The I got to tell you. That you got urinated on by the greatest kidneys that WWE has ever seen. I just assume. Um, so the privilege. But anywho, the rumor is he's in heavy talks to come back, at least for that first show, if not for a little while. We don't know the clear details of how long that return would be. July 16th, McCarthy, do you think we finally see John Cena do what the hell he's supposed to do again? Oh, I'm sure he'll be in for a one-off. I mean, he's still got to get in wrestling shape before he steps in the ring again, and you save that for SummerSlam, WrestleMania, one of those things, because he's fully committed to this Hollywood thing. But, yeah, I think he'll be there. He'll boost ratings. It'll give people, and they should probably announce it as soon as possible. Not that a whole bunch of people aren't running over each other to get these tickets because not many people have seen live wrestling in well over a year. So there's already money there. But I think he'd give the – especially because he was like the SmackDown guy. He's the poster child for SmackDown for how long to get that show over and to where it is now. He's just, he's everybody's guy. There are two people in this world. Those that say they like John Cena and those that are lying about hating John Cena. That's, that's, just, that's just how it is. John Cena could run for president and he'd get the greatest amount of votes you've ever seen. Because we all like him. We all just might not want to admit it. It took me a long time to admit it. I wasn't always such a big Cena stan. You know, I, I thought some of those similar things. And now... And now, and now, granted, I, I came around by the end of his full-time run, so it's not like this is a new phase for me. But God, do I miss old John Cena. Because let's be honest, he can do the job part-time better than Roman Reigns could ever do it full-time. Said that, uh, which is true. 
So we hope to see him back. But the Parade of Champions was stupid, I thought. Uh, just, just really, really stupid. I know who the champs are. Everybody else knows who the champs are. You know when this should have taken place? I don't know, the first show back with fans? Because all you did was stick them back with more computer screens. We all know. We've been here. McCarthy, thoughts on the parade of stupidity? Um, didn't care. Yep. I went and got a drink. Yeah. Got some I, food. I, I did. Uh, I got in my stash, and I got some white cheddar popcorn, call me. And I was like, this sucks. This is a horrible way to kick off SmackDown. I don't know, kick it off with a wrestling match? Think of that. I'm crazy. Uh, instead, we're going to get Sonya Deville, who might look great in suits, but she'll never be Ric Flair as far as style and profiling goes. And we're like, let's get a parade of champions, except no one needs a refresher. Who else is here? The same two people know. It's me and it's you. And a bunch of computer monitors. The same thing it's been since you got and created the Thunderdome. It's the same thing since Vince randomly stood there and all of a sudden Bray Wyatt Scott Hall walked his way to the ring. Anybody notice how he walked sideways the whole damn time? I was like, hey, Razor. Anywho, why are we doing this now? I don't know. Do it back when we have the first live show on SmackDown on July 16th. Or would that make too much sense? It's complete waste because here's why I'm so upset. You might say, well, Logan, what's it really matter? Because the point is to entice viewers to stay when you kick off the show. You want a nice appetizer. Like, I don't know, the best part of Dynamite might have been Christian Cage versus Matt Seidel because that wet your palate for wrestling. This didn't wet anybody's palate. You know what it did? Made you go, I'm, I'm going to go get a drink. I'm going to change the channel. I'm going to go... I don't know, take a nap. It didn't do that. It come on. Then the point. You go see a concert. The band plays. What's one of your favorite bands you've seen in concert? Uh, Zach Brown band. Okay. Doesn't the Zach Brown band who I've never seen? But don't they start off with a song that isn't quite their biggest hit, but it's a well-known hit to get the people going, right? Start off hot. Start off hot. This was the equivalent of a cold shower. <laughs> if I wanted to watch wrestling. God. So it was stupid. It was stupid, and, and it wasn't on Raw, even. It was on prime time. That's prime time box that you have for two hours and you start off with that popcorn fart. All right, I've had more exciting runs to the bathroom after a night at White Castle. Cesaro challenged Roman Reigns to a universal title match. I don't care. Uh, look, I like Cesaro, but here's the problem. He's got no charisma. And then the thing about it is we can't even... Seth Rollins is the jealous ex-girlfriend, and so we can't even just enjoy the feud. No, Seth Rollins is still there hanging around like a venereal disease. Like, what? Why? Haven't we moved on? Why hasn't Seth moved on? Is Seth with the bloodline, the fam-fam? Well, let's all put our fist in here. Mr. McCarthy, 
I have always been critical of Cesaro's lack of charisma. That's not the important point here. The important point here that I want to get your thoughts on, aren't you tired of Seth Rollins completely essentially being the moment killer, the the guy in the background, the third wheel of this feud? Yeah, a little bit. I, I would like to see it just be Cesaro and Roman for a minute, but oh well, it is what it is. It keeps keeps it fresh, if you will. That way it's not Cesaro and Reigns over and over again. Now you got to worry about Rollins too, and is Rollins a friend of Reigns? Does he just want a title shot? I mean, they've done more egregious things. However, WrestleMania should have been the end of it, but it's fine. That was the point of WrestleMania. Even WrestleMania backlash wasn't the end of it. Apparently, it was WrestleMania. We're just getting started. That's what the tagline should have been. Because, good God. Can't we refresh a little bit, people? A little bit. A little bit. Just some. We got Drew McIntyre. He won't get out of the way on Raw. He literally is just standing there. And, and, and Seth Rollins, and I love Seth Rollins. I mean, look at the drip in those suits. They're big league. They should sell replicas on WWE Shop. I'd buy all of them. I'd, I'd be hitting up our president for, like, more stimulus money because I would need some, some replica Seth Rollins suits. So I'd be like, dear President Biden, have you seen this drip? No, not John Morrison, Seth Rollins. <clears throat> Okay, I just brought up the president, writing him a letter, so we'll get on that. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, I think. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. I haven't wrote him very many letters. I, I guess I would have had better luck with the last guy. He's a WWE Hall of Famer. True. Ooh. He probably would have. Damn. And the one before that actually was even on the show. Yeah. Showed up on a couple shows. And, I, and, I, and I'm sure. And he's got connections, I'm sure. And I guarantee you, W would have been like, you're right, that is some serious drip. Wasn't W on the show, too? He might. I don't. Well, I think he was. W's, <laughs> W's like Johnny Cash. He's been everywhere. All right. So, Mr. McCarthy, you're you're not tired of it. I mean, it could be worse. They could be doing nothing. That's what I feel like I'm doing every week when I watch these shows. You know, I did I did say that it should have been done with WrestleMania, but at least they're on TV where they should be, not sitting and catering. Uh, before we move on, Mr. Napper, what do you think of, of the Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso tag team match against the Street Profits coming up this Friday? How's this going to go down? Is this the start of the turn for whom? Because, again, I will point out to you that there's a certain non-PG shirt on WWEShop.com that has two different uh, prints. One for Jimmy Uso mm-hmm. and the other for Jay Uso. Mm-hmm. I bought one. Mm-hmm. And so... Can we wear that on the show? I'm not wearing that here. Aww. Now, when we get out of the studio... Be gl- I'll be I'll sport it every week for you, <laughs> but I but I can't pr- I can't bring that in. It's the same reason I don't wear my Johnny Cash uh, 
iconic photo. Let's call it that. If if anyone knows anything about Johnny Cash, you know what photo I'm talking about. Um, so, so, I don't think it's going to result in any turn. Like, I, it's going to probably push the storyline a little bit further, but I don't think we get a turn until honestly, hell in the cell. I really don't think it's going to happen. I need you to say it with more bass. I'm sorry. I don't see it happening until hell in a cell. There it is. Listen to that. Oh, man. I don't have much much bass to my voice, but I try. Did you not love that, McCarthy? (laughs) That was awesome. Was that not some soldiery sound you go to sleep to? (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. Get some essential. Oh, come on. Get some essential oils and have a nice relaxing night. I can record it again for you. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I don't see this really going anywhere until hell in a cell. That was that was worse. I'm sorry, but we'll see. That's all right. As long as you get yours, it's all good. <laughs> uh, Minister McCarthy. What do you think of this uh, Uso tag team situation? Is this the start of a turn? Lay, lay your predictions on me. I think it is a start of Jay going back to be with Jimmy and getting away from Roman Reigns. And being nobody's friend. Yeah. Yeah. Except, yeah. 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 Except his brother. That sounds good to me. Except his brother. Be friends with his brother, but... Because, yeah, he's gotten more exposure from being associated with Roman Reigns, but now his brother's got his back. Okay. You always go with true family. Not that cousins aren't true family, but you know what I mean. Brothers first. (laughs) Hate to tell you, but he's also true family. They're all kind of blood-related. Only slightly. Hence the bloodline. Some would say they're in line with each other. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah, just, 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 just throwing that out there. Stevie, I really don't think he should go with uh, Jimmy. I think they should all be together because, yeah, it'll be nice. It would be nice to see the Usos back together again, and they would be even if they were with Roman. But at the same time. I wouldn't mind seeing a faction with the three of them and seeing how that looks. I know we've been kind of getting faction happy in the world of wrestling lately, especially in AEW. <clears throat> we'll get there. Um, I was crying. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't mind seeing how that looks. And I know with Roman, it's kind of passe at this point because we've had the shield a million times over, and this would probably, with especially with three people, just essentially be the shield light. Well, let's be honest. The show's more entertaining than John Moxley. <laughs> I don't know about that. That promo was pretty entertaining. Sure. It was. Okay. We'll get to it. I'm not disagreeing. We'll get to it. Yet. Well, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll save the reservations until they actually do decide to make the turn of whatever I think is the better choice. But for now... I, like I said, I don't think it's going to happen until hell in a cell, but I wouldn't mind seeing them all be together and see what that looks like. Because I think with especially Jimmy in his promo skills, it could work. Now, let me tell you the the right choice. Oh, 
Let me tell you the right choice. Buckle Brigade. Um, what was the name, by the way? T-shirts. T-shirts. Don't worry. Stay tuned. We'll be plugging our merch shortly. <laughs> so, I want to get that queued up. So, I'll tell you the right choice. Jey Uso aligns with his brother and turns on Roman Reigns. Because who can take down family better than family? Because the reality is, all right, maybe John Cena's coming back for, for SummerSlam. We don't know. He doesn't know. Mountain Dew Mellon doesn't know. None of us know. Maybe he isn't. Maybe he's got other Hollywood commitments. Maybe he's taking Chinese. I don't know. Whatever. If he's not coming back to get a 17th world title, uh, at some point you got to freshen this thing up a little bit. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, on SummerSlam, we're coming up on a year. I'm not saying this isn't the best work of Roman Reigns' very lackluster career. It is. It, but it's a low bar as far as promo and personality goes. All right, Him and Cesaro were needing to go down to Walmart for a while. Uh, I'm not suggesting that. It is the best work of his career so far as far as Ursanani goes. But again, extremely low bar. Because when we talk about the Shield, we we refer to Roman as the third man. And I don't mean like Hogan, brother. I mean like, well, let's talk about the other two because they really took off. <laughs> and uh, don't get me wrong. Roman's more charismatic than Kenny Omega. But he's a bigger star, too. That's facts. Look at the ratings. Um, and so, let me tell you, Jey Uso should turn. Because, again, who can take down family better than family? Even if he started out believing that Roman Reigns was doing it what's right for the family, maybe Jey Uso is starting to realize, you say you're doing it for the family, but maybe you're doing it for you to be better than the rest of the family. Could be similar to, if you watch Breaking Bad, Right? And I know Vince has got a bunch of TV writers, and that's one of the hottest shows of the last decade, so hopefully they were tuned in on Netflix. Well, Walter White, say what you want, but he started doing bad things for a good reason, if you watch the series. Have you seen the series? He started doing bad things for a good reason. And then he got lost in it. And like Rick Flair became like Richard Flair died off and became Rick. Walter White died off and became Heisenberg, slowly but surely, throughout that entire series. Maybe Roman Reigns last year at SummerSlam started out doing bad things to do the right thing in the long run. Be, represent the family, do the rock proud, do Yoko proud, Umaga, the countless names go on, and of course the iconic Wild Samoans. But maybe over this last year, it's all gone to his head, and now he's lost in it, and he's doing a bad thing for now bad reasons. And maybe because Jey Uso's been there through most of this whole thing, you know, they had the thing that held us up last year, last October, so quite a bit, last six months or so. Maybe he can go, you started out, Uso, doing the right thing, doing the bad thing for the right reasons. But now you're lost in it. You think you're better than all of us. You're not doing it for the family. You're doing it because you want to be better than the family. What a story that would tell. And they're all a bunch of Hollywood writers, so it's right up modern-day WWE Alley, but I'll bet it doesn't happen. Why? Because it's a good idea. I'm full of those. I know. 
Don't you think it would be a good idea? I would. I do. Trepidation. Why? Why? I don't know, because usually they, I've been conditioned to think that the ideal story is for him to join the family to only break up the family. But the problem is, whatever big blow-off you want, again, the rumors are they want a big blow-off maybe with Cena, perhaps with The Rock, and perhaps with Lesnar. One doesn't want to cure to COVID. The other's, he's well-intended, but he got lost in Hollywood, and... The other was well-intended and got lost in Hollywood. I so think, damn it. I do think. What the do situ- we do? I do think the situation you laid out would be a good storyline. Um, the question is how to go about it, because I think at some point you were going to have to have Jay turn on Roman. And I think Hell in a Cell would be a perfect Ty- way to do that. Do we have Jimmy face no. him in a title shot? No, you do it sooner than that. You do it. That way you can have. Look, you can have Jey Uso versus Roman inside Hell in a Cell again. You I think d- you have him face off against Jimmy, and then he beats up on Jimmy, and Jey Uso makes the save on Jimmy. Why don't they do a two-on-one handicap match inside Hell in a Cell? It can be done. Yeah. If you, if you recall, and this is a different era, certainly, that I'm about to bring up, but DX faced the big show, and... You know, Shane McMahon and Vince inside Hell in a Cell. That's, of course, where uh, Vince got a great look at the derriere of Paul White. You recall that match, McCarthy? Yes. Why don't, what do you think? Two-on-one handicap match inside Hell in a Cell. What do you think, McCarthy? I think it actually fits the story. Because he didn't, you know, Jay didn't quit in hell in a cell until Jimmy got endangered by Roman reigns. It brings everything full circle, full circle. And he already beat a current hall of famer and a first ballot future one in a triple threat match. So it should be no problem for the head of the table. We should all be acknowledging him and his fantastic pectorials by the end of hell in a cell on Peacock. Peacock pectorials works. Um, yeah, I think that's what should happen because the great players elevate the rest of the team. Ric Flair became, I know we all know Ric Flair now as old good time in Nate. But when he was the GOAT and, and just the best to ever do it, he was elevating other people even though he had 16 world titles. Think about the icon Sting. Puts him on the map. We're all hoping and praying for Kenny Omega to help impact wrestling now. We're all, we're, we, because we all know he's capable of it. Hell, it was a Kenny Omega Chris Jericho match that is the, the genesis of AEW. The great players elevate the rest of the team. In traditional sports, you're a Steeler guy, right? Back in the day, it was Big Ben, and he elevated everybody else. Antonio Brown elevated every other receiver on that team. Juju Smith-Schuster, when he's got his head on right, is good enough to elevate everybody on that team. Joe Burrow can elevate. <laughs> Joe Burrow can elevate. Oh, absolutely. Tua can elevate. The great players, the great wrestlers can elevate. Why are we so critical of Hulk Hogan? I'm not. But it's because we all go, well, you're the biggest star probably ever, and you could have elevated more people. Instead, you chose to squash them. Could have elevated them. John Cena elevated Kevin Owens. 
he elevated AJ Styles. Not that AJ Styles needed it, but to the WWE fans. Undertaker for that. Matter. Undertaker I mean, sent Brock Lesnar on the run. He is, I guess, kind of currently on, if you want to still say that. Remember, he was losing matches to Triple H and John Cena. Then he then he ends the streak, unfortunately. And then Suplex City is eventually born. And he suplexes John Cena right on the main event. The great players, the great wrestlers, the great whatever, they elevate. And so my point is, we already know how great Roman Reigns is. We've known that, frankly, for a long time. And now we've seen what a heel he can be with the help of Paul Heyman. And we've known his genius for a long time. Elevate Jimmy and Jey Uso. Not to just be the Usos, the great tag team, but prove they can be main event players on their own, but also together, similar to what we're seeing with the New Day now. That's that's my point. Yeah. I just think, for me, it makes more of a story to have it be at the year anniversary of that match with Jey Uso that he turns. To have him super kick uh, Roman in a, you know, in a surprise moment. It wouldn't be that big of a surprise because we could probably all see it coming. But I, I don't know because they could tell such a story with it, highlighting what happened in that match a year ago, you know, letting that be the focal point and having you know tug and pull at Jey Uso's heartstrings throughout the entirety of the match, only to have him turn super kick Roman and that's the end of the story. On a much bigger platform at a pay per view. I hear you. I hear you. Good point. Good point. Either way, it needs to happen soon. By hell in a cell, right? I do, I do agree with that. I will agree with that. Because would you agree that, that in some ways, in some ways, it's getting a little stale? Yeah, because Not, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense what they're doing anymore. Yeah. Like they, they're kind of clustering it up a little bit to the point that nobody really cares. Because I feel like, we're, I feel like they're waiting on a big blow-off to happen and... and you know, now we're going to get fans back. So, you know, but Goldberg made clear, man, I really don't want to work if there's not fans. I don't get that adrenaline rush. Can't go out and perform quite as well. John Cena, maybe he'll be back in the fold for a little bit. The Rock, who knows? But the problem is if these guys don't either feel the need or want to make their time their schedule, talking to you, Brock Lesnar, the show goes on, so we better do something just in case. Do we think Edge comes back at all? Yeah, I, uh, I've already seen rumors that he's uh, advertised for the July 16th awesome. SmackDown. Uh, yeah, but uh, if they didn't, if Vince didn't want it one-on-one then, why would he want it one-on-one now? Edge is only getting older. Um, I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Let's uh, let's take a just a, let's take just a quick break. Let's plug some merch. Then we come back. McCarthy, it's down to my time. Is it? Look out, buddy. Look out, buddy, because here I come. 